After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel, the Dono Daily, every single day at noon. That's on all South Florida sports. I'm on starting nine every Tuesday and Wednesday from 9 to 9.30. Also, all of our night programming. New episode of Clutch Corner actually coming up tonight. So I don't know if you'll catch that live, but you can certainly catch it afterwards and they'll be talking heat and more. Also check out five reasonsports.com, all the latest, no paywall coverage on all the South Florida teams. Why would you want to pay when you can read us for free and our stuff's more in depth anyway. So check out five reasonsports.com. And there are three new dolphin shirts that just went up on the site. So make sure that you check those out. Also check out, the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We thank them for the renewal. It's because so many people are using our code. Go to manscaped.com. This is where you want to go to get properly groomed guys. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code five RSN. That's the code five RSN. You'll get 20% off in free shipping. Again, five RSN. This is where you go. Not only for their shavers, but also for their cologne, their refined cologne signature scent. A beautifully glass designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. These things that they get me to say also check out the perfect package 3.0 and the perfect package 4.0. It's time to feel sexy guys. Your balls and your body will thank you. I've only done this once at the top of an episode, go to manscape.com. Use the code five R S N. We are going to be talking about cologne on this episode. That's why I decided to start with it. And now tonight's episode. Down to this gang. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. This is going to be a quicker ep tonight. Um, We've got some cool stuff coming up for you over the next few days. A couple of big-time guests. I'll tell you more about them probably on Twitter as we go forward. Alex Toledo is vacationing south of the border, so he's not with us tonight, but we've got Greg Sylvander. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. We got Greg Sylvander with me. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander, him, him at Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Five Reasons Sports and at Ethan J. Skolnick. And today we're just going to talk about Chris Bosch, who's about to go into the Hall of Fame. Probably should have happened a year ago, but of course that was the mega class. That was the class of Tim Duncan and of Kevin Garnett and of course of the late Kobe Bryant. And now looking back at it, I'm kind of happy that he didn't go in last year. I feel like 
Uh, not, not that that class was too crowded with the amount of people, but just with the level. There are levels to this. Uh, Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer, but he's not, he's not necessarily a Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, or even Kevin Garnett Hall of Famer. Um, and so even though I felt he was first ballot, again, there are levels even to that. So Chris, who's been working on his speech, and I'm sure it will be brilliant, um, he's actually working on a traditional typewriter, a man after my own heart, if you checked him out on Instagram. Uh, and he's been doing a bunch of interviews. He was on Five on the Floor uh, a little ways back. But here's the thing about it. I, I am just, um, and as somebody who's covered a lot of athletes, obviously over 25, 26 years in South Florida, I'm just really happy for him. Um, and, and not just because he's being recognized for what he did with his career, but because as he even said in an Instagram post, his career didn't end the way most careers end. Typically careers end because a guy just isn't good enough anymore. And sometimes it's not the best ending, like Paul Pierce playing for the Clippers, right? And, and you know, you didn't want that kind of end for Chris, but Chris looked like he was going to be able to extend his career at a high level because of the way that he played. And as he said on an Instagram post, it ended, it ended in a doctor's office, Greg. So, I mean, before we get into the memories that, that we're going to share here, the fact that he gets to be celebrated so soon, uh, I think is nice. And, and I think it also reminds us of sacrifice. Um, he's a player who sacrificed throughout the course of his career in Miami, especially. And then he had to sort of sacrifice his NBA to career to, to accept the reality, which the heat were in my view, trying to do the right thing by him. And of course he fought it. His family fought it for a while and then ultimately accepted. It was re-embraced. Uh, he embraced the organization, had his number retired. It's just, to me, as sad a story as it was, it ends in a nice place here. It, it really does. And I'm glad you, you framed it up that way as we dive into this topic. Cause, cause you're right. Like it does make me happy to see CB getting his love right now. Um, and it's a situation where um, I think of all the guys on that team, uh, particularly when you talk about the big three and the way that they arrived in Miami, um, I think the fans had a really interesting go at it with, with CB because like initially he was uh, looked at as um, kind of the scapegoat of sorts so much. And he was like, you know, really picked apart initially and then kind of rebounded from all of that. So we, we really got to just see the evolution of him uh, kind of coming into the limelight and getting in front of uh, a national audience and being, you know, really with that magnifying glass and just kind of watching him navigate in that space was really refreshing to me. And we're going to talk more about the things, you know, the highlights and all the things that we loved most about Chris Bosch. But to your point, I think that, when you talk about sacrifice, what Chris Bosch did in the big three era exemplifies that era most to me in terms of that guys actually put their egos aside to varying degrees, put their salaries aside to varying degrees and came together for one goal. And that was why back then, I think Heat fans collectively, but me probably loudest, were so angry that that the, the national perception was that they... Um, were stacking the deck and that it was unfair and that it, like everyone kind of hated them because I felt like they actually were kind of showing a little bit of like 
that it was team first and it was winning was most important. And the things that we congratulate and, and really prop up athletes for they were doing, but yet were villainized for it. So anyway, I just think Chris Bosch kind of really was the, the, the champion of champions when it comes to sacrifice and that shouldn't be lost in all of this. Yeah, no doubt. And again, I, you know, as we go back and I'm going to get to some of the fan memories here after the break, but, but let me give you some of mine from sort of covering all that up close. I mean, I, I made a decision to go back and cover the heat full time when I was at the opening celebration party for the big three with George Sedano. And the time I was a, a columnist covering both teams, but a lot of dolphins for the sun Sentinel and, and hurricanes and other sports. And I just turned to George during it. I said, I, I need to cover this every day. And then it just so turned out that the, the Palm beach post where I'd worked before had, you know, they wanted to sort of restart their heat beat because they had killed it. Um, and then I had conversations with them and went back to them. And from the very beginning of it, getting to know Chris, um, it, it was just an interesting process because from the very start, he felt like the outsider. Um, you know, it was very much Dwayne and LeBron uh, at the beginning. If you recall, they did some pressers with the three of them together, uh, but that didn't last very long. It ended yeah. up being just Dwayne and LeBron and Chris would have his own or uh, Chris would just do it in front of his locker. I mean, there were some like in Milwaukee people who would ask ridiculous questions and the three of them were standing up. Like they were like three of the four members of the, of the temptations uh, like behind like boom mics. Okay. Standing up, answering questions out to the locker room. There was a lot of ridiculous stuff that happened that year, but Chris was always kind of, to me, and this is no disrespect to Dwayne and LeBron, both of which, you know, I have respect, you know, have relationships with and, and did when I covered them. Chris, you know, was the most interesting. Uh, and yet, and yet the least questioned in terms of at these pressers, he was always the outsider. Um, and so, you know, you kind of got to know him differently. I first got to know him. I requested some one-on-ones uh, and finally got one at the Beverly, I believe it was the Beverly Wilshire uh, in Los Angeles and sat with him for 15 minutes in the lobby. Um, and, and, you know, you could just kind of tell from the very beginning, this is a different type of athlete, uh, someone who's more thoughtful, has more outside interests. It's one of the reasons why I was a little bit surprised at the end of his career that he had such a hard time letting go because yeah. I thought of all the athletes, great. <laughs> he was the one who could like move on to him. A mil yeah, a million other things, coding, music, travel, uh, literature. I mean, he the books he used to read before games, okay? I know we love LeBron. Unlike LeBron, he was reading all of them, okay? I mean, him and James Jones and, and Ray Allen is a very, very bright room, and they, they were reading these books, and they were trading these books with each other, finance books, history books, um, you know, novels, et cetera. Just a different kind of athlete to cover, and, and yet – um, always a little bit on the outside. And, and, and I, I will always, you know, sort of remember the tweets I would get from certain heat fans who would always be all over him and, and just couldn't really understand, uh, what he was sacrificing, what his role was, what he was contributing. You know, if he had three rebounds, it, it was, uh, he's not doing his job, but maybe on that game, he was blitzing a lot. Okay. He was, he was picking up these other things that Spolster wanted him to do. And, you know, Eric would talk about, uh, you know, he's our most important player. And people are like, you, you have six on your team. Like, I mean, you have like a God on your team, like at the peak of his powers. And oh, by the way, Dwayne Wade, and you're saying Chris Bosch, but, but literally they could have gone long periods of time without LeBron or Dwayne and still won a lot of games. I don't know that they could have 
without Chris and Greg, and I'll cycle back to something. The best example of that was what happened to them at the beginning in Indiana in 2012 when Chris went out and Dexter Pittman played, you know, three yeah. minutes and came off the floor. And, and, and again, it, it, the need for Chris and look, LeBron and Dwayne went nuclear those last three games of that series. But, but Chris was totally necessary. And I think it took him a while to accept the fact that not everybody understood why he was necessary. Um, I'll always remember Toronto uh, when, you know, he went back there and him egging on the crowd. It wasn't quite like LeBron in Cleveland, but him like raising his hands up, you know, more like a wrestler and him and LeBron sitting there. And this was inside the media room. And the two of them are like, they were joking about Dwayne and like, yeah, everybody loves Dwayne. So nobody loves us. Okay. That's fine. Uh, but, but the other thing about it, and then we'll get into some of these <laughs> memories. And I talked about this on the Dono show today is that, you know, even Chris's relationship with LeBron um, it's, I think it's close now. There's a warmth now, um, but there wasn't always warmth. I, I, Chris, I think did feel a little bit like an outcast in that situation. And LeBron would kind of make these comments in pressers, et cetera, that indicated that he wanted more from Chris, that he expected more from Chris. Um, that again, that relationship got much warmer. LeBron used to ask me about Chris a lot when I was up in Cleveland uh, that first year, you know, and I remember the day that the, the plot, the clots uh, news came out, I was actually in Cleveland. Uh, and, uh, and so, and LeBron was very concerned. So I do think that there, there's a warmth there. We saw them hug recently. But at the time, he was more of the outcast, Chris. When LeBron left, I wrote a piece for the Miami Herald, uh, which I talked to his to Bosch's wife, Adrian, and to Gabby Union about how close Dwayne and Chris got. Because when LeBron left, LeBron and Dwayne would go everywhere together on the road. And, and Gabrielle joked with me that uh, when they would go out on the road, you know, they would just find a chain restaurant. I mean, that's LeBron. OK, I mean, they would find a, a cheesecake factory. Cheesecake factory. Okay? Right. OK. Um, That's the popular one amongst NBA circles, right? I mean, right? Some, something along <laughs> Betty Hanna, Cheesecake Factory, something like that. Um, but but then it was like, and Gabrielle was 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 so proud of Chris for she used the word with me, culturing Dwayne. That like that that you know they would go to these you know French restaurants and or Italian restaurants, the best restaurant in the city, and sit in the back with a glass of wine, you know, with a bottle of wine all night. Okay. Um, and that, you know, Chris introduced Dwayne to electronic music and they would go to, you know, EDM festivals. Okay. Like wow. that's, that's Chris. And, and that is, and, and there, and so I feel like the relationship LeBron leaving, which was a negative for a lot of people, obviously, I think in some ways was a positive for Chris. And I think it would have been personally and professionally. And I think it would have been more so obviously if, if Chris didn't get sick and then the final thing, and then we're going to turn it over and I'm going to want you to comment on these. I'll always remember it, Chris's honesty. You know, the two things I always remember about Chris one, you went into the locker room, you ended up smelling like Chris cause he'd spray cologne and you'd end up with cologne all over you. It wasn't manscaped cologne, but I mean, he, cause he would sit there and talk to the media for 20 minutes and then he'd waft it around. Okay. It's just Chris. Um, but the other thing is I remember being in Brazil in Rio 2014 uh, prior to uh the heat playing the preseason game against LeBron and the Cavs. And I was at the heat hotel. Um, the Cavs hotel was a couple miles, three, three or four miles down the beach. And I was at the heat hotel, which was a great experience because we flew on the team plane, uh, you know, uh, me and uh, Joe Goodman and, and, uh, and Shandell, we flew on the team plane and, you know, we had 
you know, drinks with Riley and Zoe in the lobby bar because this little little place there. And so and you ended up in the elevator with all the guys. Right. And so before I left for uh, for Brazil, I had sat down and asked Chris this very innocuous question where I said, what is Kevin Love getting himself into in Cleveland? And it was, I mean, I had longer sit downs with Chris in this. This was a five minute sit down at the end of a practice. And Chris gave this quote that it's like, you know, being at a buffet, you know, when you're a number one or number two option. And then all of a sudden you're sitting at a table and it's, you know, they'll bring you the bread that they want to bring you and the chicken that they want to bring you. And it was this, you know, elaborate analogy, but about the sacrifices you had to make and how hard it was going to be. Anyway, my editors at Bleacher Report held it for like four or five days. I don't know why. And they, they released it while we were in Brazil and it exploded because it came off like Chris was attacking LeBron, which he wasn't. Okay. But the reason I remember it is I woke up to this. Um, and, and so basically I woke up to this and then who's the first person I get in the elevator with CB and you know, CB six ten, and I'm five twist. <laughs> And I just look up and I go, I'm sorry, man. And he goes, why are you sorry? I said it. And that's Chris. That is a, a, a accountability. The, the most human dude, like to me as a fan, like just quickly, because I know we're going to the next segment, but I experienced all this in a far different way than you, because I was just, you know, fan, Twitter, doing my thing that way. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And uh, what, what was the biggest takeaway initially from CB and in retrospect is like, to me, LeBron and Dwayne were larger, in life, larger than life. And, um, and there was like, there was a certain part of their athletic ego that you could not crack. And I feel like that 
Chris was just less identified with that athletic ego and it allowed him to be honest in a cool way. And it was just like something that you hadn't seen from many. I mean, Zoe wasn't really like that. Timmy wasn't really like that. So like, as we went through and, and me being like kind of a heat historian, like it was refreshing and it was different to listen to a guy like after a game where Joe Kim Noah kind of shows him up, like show that kind of emotion. Cause guys don't normally do that. So that was just like a overarching, like just the human element of Chris Bosch. I'll never forget that either. Well, and you mentioned it too, because the only times he would get frustrated were when people made assumptions that were in, that he felt were incorrect. So the two players that there was a sense got under his skin the most during that era, Noah might be one of the three, actually. I didn't even think of Noah, but the other two were Garnett and Hibbert. Uh, there was a feeling that, that KG had Chris's number, but also that Roy was someone who gave, and whatever the jokes were about Roy later on, he was a problem for the Heat, okay? And we let's acknowledge it, verticality, whatever. Um, and so uh, he didn't like, I, I remember so many times when we would be in that little gym at the field house in, uh, in, in, uh, in Banker's Life in Indiana, and Chris did not like the questions about Hibbert uh, because he just felt he was a better player than Hibbert. But he also understood that his role on the Heat was different than Hibbert's role on the yeah. Pacers. But it's just something very difficult to explain to people, right? So I, I feel like that that got under his skin. The Garnett thing, the idea that he would be intimidated by Garnett uh, got under his skin. You also remember uh, the 13-14 season, which was not a fun year. And I, I've made that point to our guy, Sean Rochester, when he had it as a top three season, top four season heat history. I'm like, no, I remember Chris <coughs> and Dwayne didn't play in this game because there were a lot of games that season that Dwayne didn't play. But in New Orleans, I remember Chris was very vocal, outspoken, frustrated, uh, and all that. The guy really, 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 really wanted to win. I, I, I think beyond that, and, and the fact to me, and we'll get into this now after the break right here, the fact that he's known best now for a rebound, which, you know, the pass out to, to Ray, which was the thing he was criticized for the most, you know, while he was in Miami uh, is, is something, again, I, I just... It's just a good story. You don't get a lot of these in sports where you feel like, okay, for everything that went poorly, it worked out in the end. The funny thing is it's happened twice with the heat. Cause, cause in a sense it, it happened well, three times it happened with Dwayne the way it ended and it happened with Zoe. I mean, look, it did pe people forget. So Zoe left and he was pissed. I mean, it, Mickey Harrison gave him a plane to come back from the Olympics. Remember? And Zoe oh, yeah. <laughs> was still pissed at Mickey. I remember going to a Zoe summer groove event where it was Zoe kind of called him out. Um, and seemed kind of ungrateful of the whole situation, the whole thing going to Jersey, Toronto, uh, all that, and then comes back and accepts a backup role in a team he was the franchise icon for and wins a title and in doing so dominates in a game six in his minutes, like dominates your minutes, right? Like nobody has ever exemplified that better than game six. They do not win that game and probably don't win that series as great as, as Dwayne was without Zoe's contribution, like they've had some stories like that and not a lot of organizations have won. So I, I, I just think it's a cool thing to recognize. Right, we're going to blitz through these here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We talk about them all the time. It's CPT. You got to go to CPT dash Florida for all of your it needs. That's right. CPT dash Florida.com. I should say. This is where you got to go if you're a small or medium business, you own them, maybe you know the boss, you want to win some points with the boss, have them reach out to TJ. Reach out to TJ at 954-966-2766, 954-966-2766. 
2766. You go to cpt-florida.com. They've got a promotion, 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones and the first two months of service free. 25% off cloud phone service, including free three phones and the first two months of service free deal with an owner, not a sales rep. Give TJ at CPT a call, <coughs> excuse me again, 954-966-2766. Go to cpd-florida.com, cpt-florida.com and mention five reasons. All right, ready, Greg? I'm going to just read you some of these um, and we'll, we'll, we'll quickly go through them. Okay. Cause I, I have some memories on some of them. Uh, this one comes this is under a post that I put in, <coughs> excuse me, in there today. Um, about what are your memories? So here's one. Miami Heat against the Hawks in Atlanta. Wade and Bosch sit the game out. Bosch, Super Mario, and the Heatles deliver a win. I remember Chris Bosch commanding the troops in that game and getting us a win in triple overtime. Masterful stuff. I remember it too. I was courtside. Um, it wasn't just Super Mario. It was also Terrell Harris, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Had, had 13 rebounds in that game. And I remember that number because I... I was like lauding Terrell for it after the game. And he looked at me like he was pissed because he's like, I'll do that all the time. And I don't think he ever had three, 13 rebounds the rest of his career. But anyway, that was one of the performances. And another, this, the other one that gets mentioned a lot that, that two others uh, in Portland uh, without Dwayne, without, without LeBron, I should say with Dwayne, Chris makes the last shot. LeBron in a suit jumps off uh, the bench and jumps onto Chris, like real joy and emotion there. Uh, at the end of a long road, long, frustrating road trip for that team. Uh, from what I recall, this one from young underscore Justo 2011 Eastern conference finals game three versus the bulls. When he dropped 34, um, Chris uh, played better against the bulls. A lot of times than Dwayne did, particularly in that building. People yeah. do remember a one for 18 game <laughs> uh, because you remember the regular season games with those teams too, not just the, the postseason games, but Chris was really good in a series that Dwayne was not um, until the very end when they went kind of crazy. This one comes from Timmy uh, TI. This is a, 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 a friend of the network T I M M A A A Y underscore just his personality, the video bombs. And also when he was recruiting him, I remember he was a super techie guy. Uh, it's good to mention the video bombs today because this is the day that Jason Jackson, a uh, good friend and a good friend of the network, uh, you know, just got promoted to a radio voice. And of course, Chris and Jay, Jay Jacks were involved in a lot of those people also posting uh, Bosch, various Bosch, Bosch gifs or gifs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, this one OT, from uh, only way to only, only, excuse me, only way Tomo MD, another, another uh, regular fan of the network here. OT against Atlanta, Portland, and Spurs. Everybody remembers Everybody those three. That. Big shot Bosch, right? And the, that's, he, he, was, that's a trifecta. One. Another one on the Blazers. Um, uh, this one, <laughs> Mateo, who, who writes for our network, uh, Bosch pulling up to ESPN to confront Skip Bayless. Uh, that was pretty good. Remember, that was September. It was. He went and sat in that in that interview. I thought it took some guts considering the way Skip was. Um, another one in this thread as you're going through them uh, at Heat side, he sent you a two hundred uh, a two minute and twenty second clip of a series of plays against the Bobcats, which is just funny to watch. Al Jefferson he tortured us in the paint. But anyway. Um, <laughs> It, it, just watching it, Chris Bosch with you know he hits a couple threes and it, it, it's a it's a cool moment, but it it spur it it kind of spurred another thought for me, and I think we should just I'll, I'll quickly touch on it as we're going through these. The way Chris Bosch evolved his game, like mm -hmm. in the clip, it, it says uh, Chris Bosch hits his 99th and 103 pointer of his career, and that perked my ears up. So I went and I looked in in, in Basketball Reference, and you know in his first 10 seasons he had 87 made three pointers. Mm -hmm. 
And then in his last three seasons, he bear with me here as I get to my totals. Um, he was doing more like, and I mean, they're not gigantic numbers here. Bear with me as I find it. Sorry, guys. Um, oh, I completely lost it. Anyway, the, the main point was, is that he, he started to take so many more threes and make so many more threes. He hit like 74 and 81. And, and so it just showed like the evolution of his game. So like when we saw him shooting those threes in those like, isolated moments and then to see him con continue to evolve his game it all the more just makes me think about the what ifs uh and I, we won't go down that down that road too much here but like that that's just a cool thing that you have a player that can literally on the spot based on what the team needs based on what the game is and how the game is played can just evolve his game on the fly well and, and i'm going to acknowledge something here i didn't like it at the time um Cooper Moorhead and I used to have many discussions about this because I mean, we would joke about it on press row. I'm like, why is he at the three point line? You know, because I, I think at that stage, you, you're still in the mode of, of not, uh, not understanding where the game was going. I, I, I sort of got it. I got it. You know, again, when, when Spo had no choice, I mean, that's the other thing. Eric's made a lot of, you know, very resourceful decisions over the years uh, and innovative decisions. But some were just necessity. Somewhere he had no choice. I mean, that that situation in the 2012 playoffs, he had no choice, okay, but to go small. I mean, what was he going to play? He was going to play big minutes for Ronnie Turioff or Dexter Pittman or any. I mean, at a certain point, you just you go with what your roster tells you to play, right? And so Bosch gets hurt. Battier starts to succeed, you know, playing up a little bit. And then he brings Bosch back in at the five. And, and look, Chris probably shouldn't have played in that postseason. He was not right against Boston. Uh, we've seen that with other guys. I mean, Udonis has them playing in that 2011 series, probably robbed him th of three or four really solid years of his career. He came back, if you remember, uh, against Boston too soon. He couldn't, th he threw on the ball off the backboard. Uh, and then he came back for those great 10 minutes against Chicago, but he came back too soon. Chris probably came back too soon. Um, I don't think that that team gets enough credit, not only for its intelligence, uh, but its competitiveness. I, I, you know, they... They played for each other. They didn't. They didn't just play to prove the doubters wrong. They played for each other. They liked each other. That that group um, was the most intelligent group I've ever covered. I mean, I'll never cover anything like it again. There will never be anything like it again. Uh, but Chris, Chris made it interesting. Chris, you know, I think we were frustrated at the end of Chris's time that we couldn't talk to Chris uh, when everything was going on and he was at odds with the organization and they built like a barricade around him in the locker room in Toronto because it was like it was like this ghost of of this person that we knew um i think over time we've come to understand what was going on there and, and so we get it and, and obviously chris has always been gracious with his time but I, mean, I think we covered most of the tweets a lot of them are video bombs you know various things like that just him you know the goofy faces uh being funny but greg you needed th that lighter element on that team like I, it was tense I and mean, dwayne and right. were tense a lot a lot I, I i often tell friends of mine uh you know people that uh you know, like uh, I, there's a couple ways I'm going to go with this. So bear with me here. One, I think Chris Bosch allowed Heat, Heat fans to get a lot smarter. And I'll tell you mm -hmm. why, because when Chris Bosch was struggling and you talked about not struggling, but not, maybe not doing what, what people thought he should be doing. Um, and we started to dig into why, and you heard about uh, box score watchers and learn the game and stuff like that. Like it, it made heat fans get into the game in a different kind of way. They weren't just looking at points that another counting stats and stuff like that. 
And then the other thing is like, you're right. Like they needed an element of fun. Somebody who didn't take themselves too seriously, who wasn't looked at as like the, the heir to the throne. And I think that all of that was, was huge for him and, um, and huge for the team in general. And, and then the, the other thing that I think just can't get lost in this as we get close to closing is that uh, a really big moment. Cause like when we, when we talked about doing this tribute episode, I tried to think about like, what is the one th moment that I remember from CB? And you know what? Like something that I just couldn't escape was when LeBron left mm. and he chose to stay. Like yeah. there was something about that that really resonated and made me feel like, okay, like, look, this is a guy who wants to be here. And uh, and that was something that just jumped to the front of the, my consciousness. So it's like, I had to spit it out as something that it was a real moment where I felt like it rebounded the organization in a way that uh, that it could have gone south bad that off season. Well, and, and people will talk about the money and obviously it was a lot of money, but I, I also knew what was going on in that process. And Houston was real. I mean, th there was a real possibility possibility of him going to Houston. Now there were some family things and other things going on behind the scenes that some of us chose not to report on uh, that played into the decision to stay, but, but he could have left. I mean, he could have gotten money somewhere else. And, and look, I, I mean, we talked about the sacrifice that Dwayne made, which is obvious, the money sacrifice, no question about it. But again, what does it say in a way? And I think we close here uh, the fact that, that Dwayne who, who was put to the side, that offseason, Riley has since, you know, admitted his mistake there. Okay. And then obviously Riley compounded or the organization compounded the mistakes in 2015 and 2016 with the way that they handled Dwayne. Okay. Uh, but what does it say that even after that, and it wasn't just because they had the same agent, may he rest in peace, Henry Thomas, um, that, that Dwayne and LeBron, Dwayne and, and Chris developed this incredibly tight brotherhood after they had been in that situation where Chris was essentially chosen over Dwayne to get the big money and to be the guy that they were going to go forward with. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. The 14, 15 season, they were playing through Chris Bosch. Okay. They were not playing through Dwayne Wade. They started playing through Dwayne in 15, 16 again, and then really had no choice after Chris went out and then played a different way with Goron having coming in, playing a bigger role, but, but they were, they were not, um, they were playing through Chris Bosch. I mean, they, they were tying their future in a lot of ways to Chris Bosch. They never saw that future and look where the organization is now, which I think again, for the mistakes that they make and we call them on it does speak to the resilience of the organization. I think that that's a common characteristic for their best players, Chris Bosch, Alonzo Mourning, Dwayne Wade, uh, I think we're seeing it with Jimmy. I think we'll see it with Bam as the years go on. I, I think there, there's a resilience and a toughness to their best players that not every organization has. Um, and again, I think that's part of the reason they were so frustrated at LeBron because he does have that resilience as a basketball player, but they viewed it that he cut and run when things didn't go quite his way in 14. And that's why there was sort of lingering resentment. We could do this all. Honestly, Greg, I would rather do a thousand pods on this stuff uh, than some of the stuff we do. So I'm, I'm going to stop here. Check out our sponsors, <laughs> CPT-Florida. It's all in my head. There should have been a book. CPT-Florida.com, obviously, uh, for your, I, and then Manscaped.com. For that one, go use the code 5RSN. And, of course, prizepicks.com. NFL season started Thursday night. Play it. Go up, down. My big bet tonight, Tom Brady over minus half a yard rushing. 
That's right. They said minus half a yard rushing. You know why they're betting on that? Because they're betting he doesn't run except for a kneel down. I think he'll get at least a quarterback sneak. Quarterback that's sneak. The, that's the way you play prize picks. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.